The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it's you here with us on the BetQL Network. Awesome first hour of the show and a badass two hours of wagertainment coming up right now uh, as we're simulcast by our friends at Stadium uh, for the next two hours of the show. Candidly, what I'd really like to do is uh, more Super Bowl trivia. So hopefully Ken or honestly, like maybe we could do like audience tries to stump me like inside as part of the uh, the social media. Well, we could have that today. be the chat thing. Let's have that be the, yeah, if you don't have a Super Bowl exactly. bet, ask if you don't have a Super Bowl bet, in the Twitch and YouTube chats, ask Nick a Super Bowl trivia question and see if he can oh, get the yeah. answer to it. That's, probably a, that's probably a pretty good like, idea. Who, I have like another NFL thing the first... I want to do too, by the way. I don't do Super it, Bowl trivia. Is it trivia or no? It's not It's not trivia. It's like a, a team that made that did something yesterday that I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we, we still have to get into Dan Quinn, head coach of the Washington Commanders. Uh Mike McDonald, we didn't really get into yesterday, is the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So a lot for us to still do here on the show. YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Keep sending in your favorite bets uh, for either the Super Bowl or anything, whatever your favorite bet is right now in sports. Could be a game tonight, something this weekend, an award market. Send them in. I feel like I'm like like stealing PJ's gimmick here. I PJ, I don't know if PJ knows this, but I came up with the name for the show, so I get to do that. Send in your, your bets, please. Uh, you, it's, it's a, Ken can confirm it's a true story. Uh, yes, on YouTube on YouTube and Twitch. In Vegas. We'll be back there on Monday for lunch. That's at, uh, where it was thought at, of. At, yes. at Mandalay Bay. Uh, Dennis Bernstein will join us coming up next hour, talking the second half of the NHL season. Pro sports better Rob Bazola in 40 minutes. His early thoughts on the Super Bowl and some NHL as well from Rob. Connor Allen in 20 minutes on Super Bowl 58. But joining us right now on the show. He was amazing filling in for me Monday on You Better You Bet with Ken Barkley. He is a mainstay across our BetQL network. Now, before we bring him on, you know that sound you hear in the background? Jake, what is it? Oh, yeah. When you hear the glass, it's your bookie's ass. The glass man, PJ Glasser, joins us here on You Better You Better. And as Tyler writes in our chat, Bob and it's PJ Glasser. Uh, <laughs> at PJ Glasser 9 on Twitter. Host of Send It In, 
weekdays on the BetQL Network social platforms at 1 o'clock. You got to check out the show. PJ goes for 30 minutes straight, uh, basically like stream of consciousness on all the betting topics in the world of sports. The show is sensational. Send it in weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I, I don't know, man, like I feel like Ken and I work a lot. It's like P- PJ and Tyler are really like the true, the two Iron Men of our network. He's guys working constantly. God bless him. Uh, Glassman, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, how's it going? Guys, it's going great. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I haven't seen you, uh, both of you guys, in, in, in a little bit. I was doing the show with Ken all Monday, so that was uh, a lot of fun. Ken was a good sport because, as you know, Nick, he had the Chiefs like you did, Heavy, and, you know, we were just like not even 24 hours from the Ravens' loss, so uh, that was good, but uh, good being back with, your, with you guys. PJ, I, we obviously we caught the show uh, yesterday because you had the chance to to interview two pretty special guests who we also had the privilege of interviewing for a little bit for a podcast clip. Bill Burr, obviously like a world famous comedian, and Paul Versi, another famous comedian. They do a show together. Um, yeah, I know. I know they hopped on with you for a few minutes before we we had them for like. I felt like afterwards I go, was that like an hour? And just, it was just Billberg grilling Nick about Dan Campbell's decision-making and also Nick's tattoos. Uh, what was your experience like with those guys? It was, it was funny, man. It was funny. Bill Burr. Uh, so we were talking about that too. We were talking about kind of the lions and the Niners and obviously, you know, he was saying that, Oh, all these analytics people. And uh, he was talking to me and he's like, you know, you kind of look like an analytics guy. When I look at you, I see analytics and women's feet. So that was uh that was a new one. <laughs> hadn't hadn't gotten that before. But yeah. uh, you know, with those two guys, especially with Bill, you never know what you're gonna get. He uh as I'm sure he talked to you guys though, he absolutely loves the Chiefs in this matchup. I thought it was interesting too, because I asked him, like obviously as a Patriots fan, and you know, experiencing this and having the Brady Belichick run and everybody hates your team and you're in the AFC title game every year, you're in the Super Bowl. Like, do you hate the Chiefs? Are you almost, like, rooting for them? Because, like, they are now the version of what you were. And uh, he said he feels like he has to pull for them because everybody hates them, and he knows what that feels like. So he's rooting for them, and and, uh, he loves them in the game. Paul did as well, but it was a lot of fun having those guys on. So uh, for you, it was women's feet and analytics. For me, I got told to finish my sleeve tattoos so I could look like every other barista, which I thought was a very, very funny line from uh, from Bill Burr. So uh, our interview, Ken and my interview with Bill Burr and Paul Verzi, can be found on the You Better You Bet podcast feed. The reason why we didn't air it on terrestrial radio is because it was 40 minutes long and there was tons of cursing, so we would all get fired. But it's in the podcast feed, completely uncensored, so check it out. It, uh, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, PJ, we'll talk some betting in a second here, but uh, you've had a couple days to digest it now. PJ, big Ravens fan. It's been a rough, like, little bit for PJ. The Alabama alum lose to Michigan in heartbreaking fashion in the college football playoff semifinal. The Ravens get to the semifinal, like the AFC Championship game, and lose to the Chiefs. Are you uh, are you over it yet, PJ, from a fan perspective? I am not. I am not, Nick. No, that one's going to sting for a little bit. You know, the, the Bama-Michigan game was a tough one, but Michigan was the better team. And even though Alabama probably should have won that game, they had a chance if they get that fourth down stop. Michigan was better. So it was one of those, like, you know, you probably should have won, but the better team won and the best team ended up winning the national championship. I still think the Ravens are the best team in football. They were so good this year. And now that you're starting to see all the guys on their coaching staff, you know, it's Mike McDonald going to Seattle. Denard Wilson is now the new defensive coordinator with Tennessee. They made Zach Orr their defensive coordinator today, or else he probably would have gotten poached by somebody. So, 
just that team, like the players, the coaches, the way that everything was going, they were healthy. Andrews and Humphrey were back. It just felt like it was the perfect storm. Every team that's had like an all-pro quarterback and the number one defense has made the Super Bowl. The fact that they couldn't even get there, um, it just it stings, you know. I mean, they they're, they're certainly good enough and they're set up for the next couple of years to certainly win a Super Bowl or get there and contend in the AFC. But you know, the Ravens, I feel like guys for my whole life have been a really good franchise. This was the first time in ten years they've been in the AFC title game. Like it's hard to get back. It's hard to get to that point. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. So to just feel like that opportunity, it was a really missed opportunity. And the game plan, to feel like you didn't even put like your best foot forward, everybody knows the way you attack the Chiefs on defense is to run the ball, not to throw on them. And the Ravens just didn't get that memo. It's the second time that Harbaugh and the Ravens have done that in like the last five years. They did the same thing against Tennessee in the 2019 divisional round where they just completely abandoned the run. So... It's frustrating, you know, we thought moving past Greg Roman and with Todd Munkin, like we're bringing in a guy who's going to be a pass-first guy, but also you're going to continue to run the ball. They ran the ball 49% of their plays this season. They only ran it 28% in that game. I thought a really great stat and kind of just the telling stat of the game, guys. There have been 568 regular season games played this season. That game specifically, the Ravens' run rate, ranked 563rd. So, like, it's just the way that game played out and how they didn't run the ball, It uh, it's going to sting for a long time. I feel like they should be in the Super Bowl, and they were certainly good enough to win the whole thing. And, yeah. TJ, when you and I, when you and I were on Monday, you had mentioned that uh... – the the guy the, the the sports talk topic du jour on Monday was and you mentioned like well the team's been really good since I've been yeah because John Harbaugh's been the coach like almost all of that time and the talk like the last couple of days was should they fire John and I promise I'm not being like PJ came on the show Monday and said this should they fire John Harbaugh and promote McDonald so he doesn't take a job obviously he ends up taking the Seattle job like what what are are Ravens fans like I can't believe this happened like. You know, Harbaugh is your guy. I like, can't believe this is a thing. It's like a, a classic thing about, you know, local sports talk radio or local fan bases. Like nothing's ever good Morons. enough. Is that has that has that pivoted at all since McDonald took a job? No, um, no, no. Everybody's still they, they <laughs> wanted they wanted McDonald to be the coach. Now, PJ, people... there were people yesterday, like prominent Ravens fan accounts, were tweeting like, "Oh my, well, I well, I guess Harbaugh's staying now." I was like, "What are are these people for real, man?" They, I think they're spoiled, but they're also just like sick of the same old thing. It's like, I think they're, they're pissed too, because we really haven't gotten an explanation for that game plan. Like we really haven't gotten Harbaugh explaining to us why Gus Edwards and Justice Hill got a combined six carries, like why they just didn't run the ball. And again, with the two best teams that Lamar's had, the two times they've been the one seed, like this is how they've exited the playoffs with them not running the ball. And I think people are sick of it. And it's also just even in the short time that McDonald's been a defensive coordinator, his track record, what he's been able to do, how he's been able to stop these high-powered offenses, like you can just kind of tell like this dude is going to be like he's going to be a special head coach. I think Seattle's a great fit with some of those young pieces they have on defense. Everybody wants to find the young, you know, the next young hot shot on offense because that's the way the league is transitioning and you can't win in the NFL, you know, if you don't have a good quarterback, but Man, when you have Mike McDonald as your head coach or if he's on your staff, like you're going to have the defensive side of the ball figured out. So 
absolutely. It's not necessarily people maybe wanted Harbaugh like out of the organization, but they certainly didn't want him to be some people didn't want him to be the head coach. And, you know, with Joe Horowitz now moving on to the Chargers, they thought that maybe Harbaugh could move into a front office role and they could slide Mike McDonald in the head coach. But Absolutely. What is this man. like fantasy it's, booking? Like what what what, yeah, what, 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 what what planet do these people live on? Oh yeah, John Harbaugh. Yeah, we'd love them to stay in the organization, but you can't be the head coach anymore. Sure, he'll be the janitor now. He'll clean the toilets at a one Raven place or whatever. These people have brains. I mean, God. Now, I mean, to to to, to be fair, I mean, you want you want dumb local sports talk? Come to my neck of the woods, and you'll get it. Not that the people that do it are dumb, but like a lot of the, some of these the sports talk radio callers are just absolutely insane, and we love them for it. Uh, you better, you better hear Nick and Ken on a Thursday. The Glassman, PJ Glasser, is our guest on Twitter at PJ Glasser Nine, host of Send It In on the BetQL Network, all our social platforms, 1 o'clock Eastern time. PJ, we'll get to some other sports in a second here. I know you did Monday's edition of the show, but uh, give us, like, summarize here your updated thoughts on the Super Bowl, cider total, what you like here in about 30 seconds, and then we'll get to some other stuff. Yeah, so when Ken and I were talking on Monday, I was leaning towards the Chiefs. The contrarian in me wants to take San Francisco, but it's just Mahomes is a dog, and I think Purdy against that defense I think is going to cause some issues for San Francisco. So I was leaning towards the Chiefs. And then now as you know, a couple days have gone by, guys, I think I'm just going to bet the game live because to me, if San Francisco gets the ball first and they cross the 50-yard line, like we're going to get a three, a three-and-a-half, and then I would love Kansas City – and then, you know, on the flip side, if the Chiefs score first, if they go up 10-3, something like that, you can get a good number on San Francisco. So, you know, I think obviously if I had to bet the game right now, I would like the Chiefs. But I think more and more betting the game live is probably the way I'm going to end up doing it. Have you had a chance here in like 30 seconds? Have you looked at any props? Have you looked at MVP? I know you had some thoughts on Monday about that, but it was so new at that point. You and I only got to talk a little bit. Something like obscure. I mean, have you looked at like Gatorade color? Yeah, have you looked at anything? Usher first song is out everywhere now. Basically, that's a market you can bet into. He's the halftime performer, obviously. Yeah, like a, a 30 second like pro, like favorite prop, favorite MVP bet for the Super Bowl. Yeah, Ken, uh, I like the rushing market in this game, specifically Mahomes. I like over 25.5 rushing yards and over 4.5 attempts. I was looking at Mahomes in his three previous Super Bowls. This has been what he's done in those games. He's ran the ball six times for 44 yards, five times for 33, and nine times for 29 yards. So all three of those Super Bowls, gone over 4.5 attempts, going over 25 and a half rushing yards. He obviously this year in the postseason has been scrambling as well. So I think opportunities are going to present themselves where Mahomes is going to use his legs. He's shown that in the biggest game, he has no problem doing that. And he has no problem running five, six, eight, nine times. So that to me is kind of the bet right now that sticks out. I also like Harrison Bucker in this game over one and a half field goals at a good price, minus 110, minus 115. He's had a ton of experience kicking in big games. Uh, it's indoors, which certainly helps. It's a stadium where he kicks once a year. And if San Francisco is going to keep this game close, they got to keep Kansas City out of the end zone, force them to some field goals. So uh, the rushing props with Mahomes and Bucker is where I'm looking. PJ, we got 30 seconds left here. Um, any bets that you're eyeing tonight, this weekend, college hoops, NBA, whatever, anything else you like here in the world of sports betting in 30 seconds? I like Nebraska tonight, fellas, against Wisconsin, minus 110 in a pick em. Nebraska, you fade them on the road in Big Ten play, but you back them at home. They've beaten Purdue. They've beaten Michigan State at home this season. They're getting Wisconsin, who's one of the better road teams in the Big Ten this year. 
But uh, Nebraska can score with Wisconsin, especially when they're at home. I like the Cornhuskers tonight. I think they get that win. All right, so Nebraska for PJ. And, you know, when that game starts, I have a feeling that bookies around the country, Jake, might be hearing this. Oh, and it's never a sound that they want to hear. By God, the glass man's here. By God, we ain't getting that Venmo payment. We're going to be sending Wisconsin into hell. (laughs) Sending the Badger straight to hell. Uh, PJ, I, I really, we have to retire that voice at you this gotta, point. You actually do. I think, yeah, got I think it's got to yeah. go. I got to go. Uh, Peach, we appreciate it, brother. Looking forward to seeing you out in Vegas, my friend. Safe travels. We'll see you in a couple days. Yeah, can't wait. See you guys soon. All right, the great PJ Glass are joining us here on You Better, You Bet. Coming up next, more Super Bowl 58 talk and early bets with our good friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. Here's Kansas City from the 19, throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. With Kyle Hamilton all over him, the matchup you wanted to watch, Kelsey wins it. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Jim Nance on the call this past weekend, or was it the weekend before? Or was it the weekend before? It wasn't because that game was not on CBS, the, for, the first game. That was the Peacock exclusive. And Kyle Hamilton because, was uh, Yeah, because uh, Tra- yeah. Travis Kelsey's been dominating for quite some time now in the NFL postseason. Will he dominate in Super Bowl 58? Hope so. It'd be really awesome if he did. Uh, Connor Allen will join us in just a moment to break that down for us. Rob Bazola coming up in 20 minutes. Our friend, pro sports better Rob Bazola. Dennis Bernstein coming up next hour on the show, talking National Hockey League. And for everyone on YouTube and Twitch, continue sending in your favorite Super Bowl bet, your favorite bet in sports, period, or just some Super Bowl trivia for me. YouTube.com uh, backslash Odyssey Sports. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Keep on. Hashtag sending it in. Shout out to PJ. But joining us right now is our friend, Connor Allen, uh, who's on with us every Thursday throughout the NFL season. We hope we get him on next Thursday as well, leading up to the big game. Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL does great work breaking down the National Football League for our friends at 4 for 4 and Betsperts. And he is one of the co-hosts of the Move the Line podcast featuring our other good friend, Ryan Noonan. We got lots of friends on the show. We're friendly people. Connor, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. It's that uh, the week leading up to the week leading up to the Super Bowl is interesting because this is when I get all my prep done. And so a lot of my content will be published and talked about over the like, you know, the week before the Super Bowl. But all the, the nitty gritty and the work is done now. So I uh, just finished my biggest article of the year and I'm, I'm basically prepped for the Super Bowl. So it's kind of nice, but more markets will keep coming out. So there'll be more stuff to bet on. So I look forward to that over the next week as well. Connor, why don't we start with this? I was going to do just like side and total in the game. What do you like? But you mentioned you've done all this research already. You've done all this work for the content that you're going to produce. You're just going to start kind of churning it out and, and the, the haze in the barn. You've done the work. Give me one really interesting thing. Could be anything about the game. Could be a matchup, a player, a stylistic thing. Just something you picked up in your research that you think is really interesting. Yeah, so something that I found when I dug deeper was, so the, the 49ers like to rush four and they play zone. We're talking about like 75%, 80% of their plays. That's just generally been their MO throughout the season. Patrick Mahomes against those exact that exact formula there. So rush four, play zone, 70% completion rate, seven yards per attempt, you know, about on par, but 10 interceptions, 10 of his 14 interceptions in the year, talking about 71% of his total interceptions came on 55% of his dropbacks against these coverages. Uh, and then when you add in pressure, so ideally, you know, for the 49ers, if you were able to pressure Mahomes, 
um, it should make him a little bit uncomfortable. His yards per attempt stays about the same, 7.3. It actually gets higher because, you know, it's Mahomes. He extends plays, playmaker. You know, he's, he's able to make things happen. But his completion rate drops all the way to 59%. So I, I think that it could cause some uneasiness just how the 49ers play. I don't think they're a specifically, like, incredible defense or anything. But stylistically, uh, I found that, that was pretty unique. What is the, like, one bet? that you would be most like, because as you're talking, Connor, I'm thinking of like five different things, five different applications yeah. of that potentially. What is like Mahomes the interception, one yes. bet? Yes. Mahomes interception. Maybe like Mahomes yards over yes also, if he's going to like all, shred all this defense. And then maybe, yeah, What's right? like two plus? Yeah. Yeah, well, look that up. Connor, what's right. like, you, you, you <laughs> get on that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> AKA, I don't have an answer right now, but I'll get one momentarily. Connor, what's like the one application that you're most excited to bet as a result of what you just told us. Yeah, it might be to go with, so some books are offering passer rating. Um, and I think that that's kind of an interesting way to approach this because that includes yards per attempt, like yards per completion, touchdowns, interceptions based on attempts. So like his prop right now is around like 99 and a half at some books, 97 and a half at others. He's gone under that in more games than not. And now like, again, like I think that statistically, like he could have probably plenty of yards and he could probably, well, might throw a lot, but whether it's consistent and whether he throws a lot of touchdowns or even if he throws, if you throw basically one pick, you're not getting a hundred passer rating. Like you like, that's just like, I was running through the passer rating calculator. It's not it. So if you basically throw in a pick, that's an out. If you aren't that efficient, like if your completion rate sucks, that's an out in the under. So I think that could be a reasonable look. Connor, let's talk uh, another application because now you're, now we're just going to like spend the whole interview on this. Let's <laughs> talk about this as it concerns Super Bowl MVP, but the Chiefs side of it, because like, okay, like Mahomes is going to have, Let's play it out your way, right? He struggles a little bit against this defense, he gen and San Francisco generates a ton of turnovers. Uh, so, like, that's their whole thing almost, right? So, okay, maybe they get a couple picks. Maybe it becomes a lower-scoring game. Maybe it's a Niners blowout, but let's say it's a lower-scoring game. If the Chiefs still win the game and he's as inefficient as you say, that to me sounds like somebody else on the Chiefs could win because everything anybody says this week is, well, that sounds like somebody else on the Chiefs. That's all I'm going to be thinking about. Maybe Now, maybe it's a defensive player. Like, this becomes a real, you know, kind of like 7-7, you 10-7, know, 14-14 kind of a game. Have you thought about, like, playing, a, you know, a defensive player for the Chiefs or Isaiah Pacheco? Because maybe that's the path to success for the Chiefs in the game if Mahomes is going to play like that. Just with the Chiefs side of it, based on what you said, does that make you want to bet on them? Or is it like, no, that actually makes me want to bet on the Niners? So this is great because um, I actually, like, literally got done with this research, like, 30 minutes ago. So I haven't even fully processed a lot of the things that you're talking about. Well, let's but what process, you're makes... Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Let, that makes you know a lot what? of just, sense. Just call us Brett Brown. And who, who <laughs> is the Jabroni GM that they had also in Philly? Sam, Sam whatever. Trust the process. Hinky. Hinky, yes. Sam Hinky. Let's trust the process, Connor. Hit us with it. Let's yeah. process. Um, so, yeah, I guess the thing is, and something I thought about was like, okay, well, they should have success on the ground. The 49ers run defense is like, I don't know, like bottom five in most metrics uh, at this point. But the issue I have is like Damian Williams a couple of years ago had like 150 yards and two touchdowns and still didn't win MVP over Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes did play like – he didn't play bad. He just like, you know, played adequately and, and they ended up winning the game. So that almost leads me to like – I mean, I don't know how far down you want to go. I mean, like, Legereus Sneed is like 150 to 1 to win MVP. I mean, if he gets like a pick six or something like that, um, I mean, it's not completely outrageous, but I don't know. I mean, that's honestly, I'm not really sure. That's <laughs> an honest answer. That's good. I'll, I'll you better, answer you better hear what Yeah, you, you want to bet on other guys. You want to bet, like, Pacheco. Yeah, I was, you want to bet him. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to say, um, does, 
I'll ask this question for Ken and myself. What about what does your research tell you about how Travis Kelsey is going to have a huge game in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think that's pretty viable here. So it's interesting because the 49ers are fourth in DVOA against tight ends. But if we look at who they played this year and kind of how that's played out, we're looking at multiple kind of like above average um, performances here from tight ends against the 49ers. Trey McBride, 102 receiving yards with 10 receptions. Sam Laporta, 97 receiving yards with 9 receptions. TJ Hawkinson, 86 on 11. Isaiah Likely, 56 on 3. Even Zach Ertz had 53 receiving yards on 6 receptions. Like, they haven't played a whole lot of good tight ends, but when they have played a good tight end, they've allowed plenty of production. So it's one of those things that I do think Kelsey took advantage of two pretty beat-up teams in Miami and Buffalo – but then still performed against a really, really good Ravens defense. And now gets a, another defense that's good, but they have been susceptible to tight end production. So um, I'm curious if the 49ers have an answer to that. But my like, you know, my, my thoughts is that they probably don't have like a direct answer to Kelsey just because the rapport is so good. Fitting into zones, like we said, they're going to be playing zone. Like it, it's just a little bit tougher for them to kind of think bracket a guy like Kelsey in, in zone and four-man rush as much as they do. Yeah, man, I was listening to a like a show earlier today on TV, and it was like, well, I mean, the one thing the Niners are going to take away is Travis Kelsey. Be like, oh yeah, of course. Put the whiteboard out, bunch <laughs> of diagram yeah. that one up. Let's see how that <laughs> one goes. Like, that's, they had no idea that that was going to be it. Uh, in terms that's of like the, the Niners, take the points app. It's like the take the well, player yeah. away app. Like you hit the button right. and the player just <laughs> you disappears. You He's the not playing app. in the game anymore. He's gone. That's right, which probably the Kelsey app probably exists. Actually, you just hit the button and the, the he's, he's out of the game. Right. It's actually just Noah Gray. That's actually just gets replaced. In terms of the the Niners, obviously, like Brock Purdy has been like a big talking point because he hasn't played great. But then at the end of the games, he's excellent. McCaffrey's had huge like touchdown numbers, even if like the yards per carry hasn't been good. Debo's been hurt, and he won't be. So like that could be way different. What what did some of your research tell you about honestly? What's been like a really difficult offense to predict? I feel like all year because there's so many weapons. Do you feel confident in anything with the Niners' offense in this game? Yeah, I feel pretty confident that they're going to run the ball and run the ball well. Um, and so, you know, you talked about like, oh, you just take this one thing away and, you know, it'll be really hard for the Niners to throw on the Chiefs. I mean, that's just so much easier said than done. It's interesting because the Niners, I think, made it very clear the last two weeks that they are going to run their game plan. They do not care about the matchup at all. Like, I mean, the Packers and the Lions were very much past funnel defenses. Their secondaries were not good. Their run defenses were pretty solid, especially the Lions. I mean, their interior defensive line has played really well. The Niners did not care. Just ran straight at him for half the game and, you know, decided to do their own game plan. And I think that that's reflected in the metrics, too. They've run to the highest rate of stacked boxes in the league, and they've had the number one success rate in rushing, in EPA, whatever. So, like, they're basically Shao Shannon saying, like, come stop me. Like, we're going to do what we're going to do and come stop me. And I think, though, that plays in really well against the Chiefs, who have not been a very good run defense. Like, they're bottom five in a lot of run run defense metrics, and their pass defense has been awesome. So I think that causes, could cause a lot of problems for this 49ers passing defense here, which has been, you know, really good. But if the 49ers are able to run the ball, I think that opens up just so much more in the passing game here because the Chiefs, I mean, just generally, maybe it hasn't been like something that they want to stop because we saw too, the last Super Bowl, this Chiefs run defense was not very good. They come in and they find a way to stop the Philadelphia Eagles with a great offensive line, with a great running game. I mean, 15, I think it was 17 carries for 45 yards for the running back. So I don't know. I think that there's a lot of ways that this Niners team still finds a way to run the ball and run the ball successfully. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a tremendous football Thursday. Early thoughts on Super Bowl 58 with our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 Bet Spurts and the Move the Line podcast on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. So great answer there. And again, 
feel like you can kind of take that in a couple of directions. Does this mean that Christian McCaffrey is just going to have a monster game for San Francisco? Or is it going to be that McCaffrey gets it going a little bit, and now Brock Purdy has a monster game throw into Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel. So San Francisco's offense versus Kansas City defense, Connor, has your research led you to liking any of those skill position players more than the rest for the Niners? It sounds like your answer. It sounds like the answer is McCaffrey, but maybe it's, hey, McCaffrey opens it up for one of the pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, the issue is that I think Sportsbook did a really good job uh, opening lines this year for these guys. I mean, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey at 90 rushing yards. So me saying that he's going to have an awesome day on the ground is not exactly novel, uh, given what the price is at this point. Um, but I do think there's a little bit of value on a guy like Debo Samuel here. His prop's still around 56 and a half, 57 and a half, because there's a couple reasons why. So they're, they, they played in 11 games together with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. They all played 60% of the snaps in 11 games this season. In those 11 games, Debo Samuel led the team in target share at 22.8%. And then against this Chiefs, or against the Chiefs secondary that plays one of the league's highest rate of two high safeties, Debo Samuel had a 27.2% target share against uh, two high safety looks. So, He's going to get a lot of looks, I think, and then the running game should open up the passing game. That being said, I I don't think it's going to be overly consistent for a guy like Purdy on a play-to-play basis because this Chiefs secondary is the third best team that they've played so far this this year. The other two teams were the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. He didn't have, you know, CMC got hurt, Debo got hurt against Cleveland, but Baltimore was an outright disaster. Um, I mean, he played pretty poorly in those games, and so I worry that like. If the Niners get somehow get into that dropback passing game, kind of like we saw the Ravens get into against the Chiefs, it's it's not going to look pretty uh, for the most part. So, but I do think they run the ball, and I do think they're able to use that to have success against the the Chiefs. So, I think that's the more likely outcome here compared to you know the, the potential downside here. Connor, I'm sure you've seen how the Super Bowl MVP market is kind of shaped around the Niners. It's like pretty remarkable. We actually talked about this a lot yesterday on the show. Like how many historical examples can you can, can you find where the starting quarterback and the starting running back are so closely priced to win Super Bowl MVP? Usually the quarterback has a significant advantage. Not really the case here. Like Purdy's you know, 2 to 1, 250. McCaffrey like 4 to 1, 450, depending on where you go. You don't see that very often. And it's obviously McCaffrey's about to win Offensive Player of the Year. He's awesome. He also scored, scored a ton of touchdowns already in the post season have you thought about like how your research would lead you to bet that because you're kind of saying like well it's inconsistent we don't really know what to expect i know a lot of people love debo samuel to win this award i've heard that everywhere and i kind of agree with it it makes sense even based on what you're saying in like a minute here do you have like a a plan of attack or a strategy if you wanted to bet the niners to win uh, super bowl mvp yeah so I don't have a strong take on the game, and obviously you want to kind of correlate like you know the, the winning team as the MVP. So I think that that that's pretty important there. But I do think McCaffrey at four plus four fifty five to one in some spots. Like I think that's a pretty solid bet here to win Super Bowl MVP because if the Niners win, I think a lot of it's going to come on the back of Christian McCaffrey. If he scores two touchdowns, one hundred and fifty all-purpose yards, well within his range of outcomes, uh, and it's not like a massively high-scoring game, I think that he could very very easily win this at five to one. Further down the board, like you said, Debo Samuel at like 20 to one around that range. Um, I, I, you know, I don't mind it. Again, he probably has to score two plus touchdowns and one of them has to be rushing, I think, uh, because if there's two passing touchdowns, again, it almost always just goes to the quarterback. So like it would have to be an extraordinary Debo Samuel performance and just an okay game from Brock Purdy. I was going to ask Connor, like, hey, give us, like, one other thing that you've got before we head out of here. But we'd like to do this again next week. we got to save something. And we'll get Connor's, like, side of total thoughts in full. I'll tell you what, like, that that first answer. So I looked this up at BetMGM right now. The combined interceptions for Purdy and Mahomes over one and a half. So will there be two interceptions and the game is plus money? 
based off what oh, yeah. Connor told us about oh, Holmes man. and just like, uh, oh yeah, I feel like I feel like the show. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the three of us should make this a minus price at some point in the in the near yeah, future sure. here. So, uh, Connor, great job at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. Find his work at four for four with our friends at BetSperts and the Move the Line podcast. Uh, stay well, my man. Uh, keep doing the hashtag research, and uh, we'll continue the hashtag process, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Talk next week. Our pal Connor Allen joining us here on the show. Oof. That was some Mahomes well, going to picks in this there. game? Or? Honestly, yeah. I, I may, That makes me think, like, Pacheco's way good. Then. That's what that makes me think. And I, also, they've been running this, like, jumbo package, too. Like, they can run on, I don't know, man. I'm going to be, like, advertising Kelsey all next week because I need him to win. Pacheco winning's just as good. Well, let's bet on both of them. Coming up next, pro sports better Rob Bazola joins Nick and Ken here on You Better You Bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. McCaffrey's second goal. Up and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. McCaffrey's going to get it, and he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Both Christian McCaffrey touchdowns from this past Sunday in the NFC Championship game. Kevin Burkhardt and Fox, courtesy of the call. Will we see Christian McCaffrey score more touchdowns in Super Bowl 58? I mean, honestly, like, probably. Probably going to score probably. one, right? Maybe a couple. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Maybe a couple. And that doesn't even mean the Niners are going to win the game or he'll win MVP, just like he usually scores touchdowns. Uh, pro sports better Rob Bazola will join us in just a moment here, giving us his early thought on Super Bowl 58. And I'm really excited for this interview, not just for, for that. Uh, we were talking hashtag off air. Rob's got strong takes on a lot of the NFL coaching hires, and I'm, I, I can't wait to talk about this on the air with Rob. We'll do that in just a second. But want to remind our live audience here, YouTube and Twitch in the chats, keep sending in your favorite Super Bowl bet as it stands right now. Uh, you can also give us your favorite award market bet, NBA hockey, college hoops, whatever, Super Bowl trivia. Basically, like, give us content to use, please, over the rest of the show. Uh, YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period Sirius XM NHL radio joins us one hour from now power hour final hour features all our bets for tonight but joining us live on the line at this very second pro sports better Rob Bazola, who founded the hammer we have a lot of guests on from the hammer follow them on Twitter at the hammer HQ Rob is the host or co-host along with our pal Johnny of the circles off podcast a great sports betting podcast that we encourage our listeners and viewers to check out Rob on Twitter at Rob Bazola my friend welcome back to the show Nick and Ken how's it going it's going well. Um, I, I'm kind of stoked now for the end of football season. I'm sure you guys kind of feel the same way at some point or another. It's just been a, a long year uh, getting to that final point. But I, I think we got a good game on our hands here. And that's kind of like what I root for for the Super Bowl pretty much every year is like, let's just see a good game. I don't have like strong opinions on side in total. We can talk about that. But like at this point, it's really hard to find like a, a super big inefficiency in the market or something that people aren't accounting for, but uh, hoping for a good game. And I, I think we have like the matchup that's, that's suited for that. I totally agree, Rob. I think we were saying it earlier this week. If it was any of the other cross matches, 
and it's not that like I would be right, but I would have a really strong, like I want to bet that team to beat the other. Like I would bet the Niners against the Ravens. I would have definitely bet the Chiefs against the Lions, like at least to win the game at almost any price. And, you know, like when you say at almost any price, maybe that backfires on you, but like I would have had a strong opinion. And, and this game, I just, I like, these are the two teams that made the most sense. Like this is, so like, it's very interesting. Like, I, I don't know what to expect. That's part of what makes it so fun. That can also make it a, a tough game to bet on. So the Niners are about a two point favorite right now in the game, but it, it, I think you mentioned this before the show or before you came on line just like creeping up a little bit and a little bit more there's one book that's dealing two and a half now in the game so just like kind of on the move back up again the total has stayed basically the same 47 and a half even if you haven't bet side in total you said you don't have a, a super strong opinion just your first pass here on how you see the game playing out so I, I did bet side. So I bet Kansas City plus 118 at open. The the book that I bet that at is currently currently dealing plus 119. So I didn't get a good number. I thought that that was going to be a good number in the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I understand maybe a little bit about of the movement towards San Francisco. I think that they have a very clear advantage that they can exploit in this game, which Baltimore just didn't. I, I think Baltimore outsmarted themselves in the game against Kansas City. They thought Kansas City was going to stack the box, really try to defend the run, and they came out passing, and that just never materialized. San Fran won't do that. Kyle Shanahan like likes to lean on the running game. A lot of the schemes that they run in the running game are where Kansas City's been the weakest this year. So there's a possibility the 49ers just run all over this Chiefs defense. But there's a possibility that the Chiefs do, you know, like stack the box, make Brock Purdy try to beat them, and leave their corners one-on-one. And a lot of people think, well, it's Debo Samuel, it's Brandon Ayuk. These guys are man coverage beaters. They're going to kill the Chiefs defense. We've seen this a million times this year, and the Chiefs defense held up every single time. It's not like they played no receivers. They played games against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They played uh, Devontae Adams a couple times, uh, St. Brown. A co- like They've played a very, very good schedule of fast receivers, and those man cover corners have held up. So... I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. But on the other side of things, San Fran's defense is a is like a way bigger liability. I mean, kind of talked about this going into the playoffs, and now it's coming to fruition a little bit. But Wilkes is just not the coordinator that they've had on the defensive side of the ball there for a while. And they're giving up a lot, both in the running game and the passing game. I know Casey doesn't have the big weapons, but they have the quarterback. Like, they have the best quarterback, and that counts for something. I went back, I watched the game between these two teams last year. Kansas City moved the ball on San Fran like they were basically like playing the worst defense in the league. It was that easy for them. I'm not sure San Fran's defense is really going to get off the field. I think KC sustained some long drives in this game. Best chance San Fran has is play everything short, try to stop the run, make KC beat you over the top, and maybe they're not able to do that because they don't have the deep threat other than MVS. But ultimately, I I do see this game as like a relative coin flip. If you're going to give me the plus 118 on one of the sides, I will take it. Uh, Conversely, I don't mind selling points on KC in this game either, taking like a minus two and a half in the plus 140 range. With Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, these are coaches that are like not super aggressive, not going for two-point conversions all that often. And you get situations where I think it's unlikely to land on one or two, KC winning by one or two. So I think selling points is an option here as well. Nick and Ken, you better you bet on a Thursday. Pro sports better. Rob Mazzola is our guest. So Rob is going to join us on the show next week. I think we'll jump. Um, I- 
I like how Rob, you're bringing me back onto like your your show also to give my favorite prop. <laughs> After you swore up and down last year that I would not be invited back, since all I've given out are big fat giant losers. But I look forward to that coming up uh, coming up uh, next week. So Rob will join us coming up next week on the show. We'll do more Super Bowl with Rob then. Uh, but my friend. Rob is a huge, not just NFL better, massive NFL fan, NFL analyst, like loves the stuff the way that we love the stuff, the way that you love the stuff, the people that are watching uh, the show and listening to the show. Rob, uh, out of all the coaching hires that have been made, coordinator, head coach, what is your spiciest take on any of the coaching hires that have been made as we head into next season in the NFL? It's probably a couple. I, I, I'm very surprised at how many people think Arthur Smith is a terrible hire as the Steelers offensive coordinator. And I think oftentimes people can't separate one job from the other. And three years in Atlanta, he looked like a bozo. I mean, like he was an idiot. Frankly, he made me pull my hair out. I never wanted to bet on them because he was that bad as a head coach. He was a catastrophic failure, but he was a very good offensive coordinator with Tennessee in 2019 and 2020. They were second in the NFL in success rate, only behind the Chiefs in that span, fourth in EPA per play. I think he fits in very nicely with Mike Tomlin, a coach who wants to establish the run, utilize play action. That's what Arthur Smith is going to do really well. And there's a possibility here in the offseason that the Steelers could go after a guy like Kirk Cousins. That would make this offense, in my opinion, very strong. So like Arthur Smith, terrible head coach, great offensive coordinator. I think that that's a really strong hire for them. And then like the Dan Quinn one, for Washington, what is Washington doing? Like, I don't understand Dan Quinn at all. I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan for those that don't know. I understand he led a team to the Super Bowl. Has anyone looked at that coaching staff that was part of that Super Bowl, especially on the offensive? Like Raheem Morris, Kyle Shanahan was there. Matt LaFleur was there. Mike McDaniel was there. After Shanahan left Atlanta, they were garbage. And like Washington's very likely going to end up with Drake May or Jaden Daniels there. Dan Quinn doesn't have ties to like some great OC, great offensive mind he's going to bring in. I don't understand that at all for Washington. I think that one's puzzling. I think they should have went after like a very sharp offensive mind, tried to bring them in as a head coach there. Rob, I know one other thing we were talking about. So the, the Panthers obviously announced what was it, a week ago or less than a week ago, Dave Canales was going to be their new head coach, the offensive coordinator for Tampa. And then today announced that Jiro Evero, who was like their defensive coordinator, who like we kind of heard really good things about in Denver a couple of years ago, Peyton takes that job. Evero is allowed to seek another job. He's Carolina. They're going to retain him as defensive coordinator. So you got to have that Canales and Evero, like two young like kind of coordinators with one being the coach who maybe could do some things. What about, what about Carolina here about a, in about a minute, what they've done recently? Yeah. I, I think there's high upside with Canales, right? Like I don't know enough about Dave Canales to say for sure, this guy's going to be a great coach, but he turned Geno Smith into the comeback player of the year a couple years ago. And then Geno Smith fell off a cliff this year. And that was when he was the Seattle quarterback coach this year, rejuvenated Baker Mayfield. So in back-to-back -back years, he's taken quarterbacks that people thought were finished and turned them into something. You need someone to try to salvage Bryce Young now. You've spent a lot of draft capital on Bryce Young. You need a guy that can try to do that. I think Canales is probably the guy that can do that. And Carolina will probably spend in free agency on maybe a T. Higgins, maybe, maybe a Mike Evans who has familiarity with Canales as well and bolster that offense. I like that move a lot for them. They could have went with like the more experienced route to try to, to, to write that ship. But I think you go after a good offensive mind when you draft a quarterback first overall. And this guy is basically the quarterback whisperer of the past couple of years.
All right, I'll, I'm going to read, Rob, the rest of the head coaches that were hired, and you give us like your one take remaining on any of them. Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. Raheem Morris to the Falcons, Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, Gerard Mayo promoted by the New England Patriots, Antonio Pierce promoted by the Las Vegas Raiders, Brian Callahan hired by the Tennessee Titans. In about a minute, anything strong on any of those hires? I think Antonio Pierce is, is going to fail, personally. He, he reminds me of a coach that would have been great in 1984, but not in 2024. So I don't think that's going to end up working out, even though all the players like him. Mike McDonald, defensive guy, I generally like giving offensive guys the head coaching jobs, but he went from an intern 10 years ago to head coach now. Like, he's turning feathers. I think that that could work out for them uh, in in Seattle. Raheem Morris is the most interesting because, you know, Atlanta drafted a bunch of young offensive talent. Bringing in a defensive guy is weird. He does have some experience on the offensive side of the ball, a game planner in Atlanta. Already got his OC as well. That one's just like a weird fit for me, and I'm surprised Atlanta went that route with Raheem Morris. Uh, Other than that, no real strong takes. I'm most interested to see what Brian Callahan is because nobody has any idea. But not only Burrow was good, like Browning was good too in that system. So I think you got to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, So I'm interested to see what Brian Callahan ends up being. And, and in this head coaching circuit that just completed, um, this kind of runs contrary to what we'd seen the last couple of years. Eight coaches hired, five from the defensive side of the ball, only three from the offensive side of the ball. Rob, we appreciate it, brother. Great job as always. Check out The Hammer on Twitter at The Hammer HQ. They have a lot of great sports betting content. Circles off as the podcast. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Rob Bazola. Rob, we will talk to you next week when we are out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Sounds guys, sounds good, guys. Uh, have a safe trip, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Our pal Rob Bazola joining us here on the show. He swore he wouldn't have me on a show this year, given given prop bets. You're back. Look, look at a fade prop locked in already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably gonna lose. Uh, Dennis Bernstein next hour, and your favorite Super Bowl bets from YouTube and Twitch. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. Don't miss You Better You Bet and BetMGM Tonight, broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay in Sin City, leading up to the big game starting February 5th. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.